Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. We live in a world that is divided. We're divided by national boundaries, we're divided by cultures, we're divided by age, by gender, by color, by religion, by language, by cuisine. I mean, when you make a catalog of all the things that divide humanity, the list is long. And yet, every now and then, people come together. And they come together, and when they find harmony together, when they begin to work together as a team, amazing things happen, and life is the consequence. Today on Viewpoint, we want you to meet a pastor who has had some firsthand, up-close, personal experience about bringing people together who historically had little relationship. Not always easy, but it can be done, and when it is done, well, God bless us. Stay with us. Our guest today is a pastor from Decatur, Illinois. His name is Tim Lusitana. Tim, thanks for being with us. I'm glad to be here, man. And, uh, you know, Tim, I know that you have a kind of a nickname, the La Bamba. Sometimes we just say Bamba. <laughs> That's So fine. where did that come from? I was the only Mexican on my high school football team. So we started calling me La Bamba. And because uh, in those days, that was a pop tune. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And now it still sticks with you? Yeah. Even though you're still a young guy, you're old enough to be the La Bamba. How many people can say they have a theme song for their name? (laughs) There you go. And uh, as you have grown up in a world uh, that's divided, you know something of that because your own ethnic heritage is somewhat divided. You have a dad who was born in Mexico and lived there till he was 11 and uh, adopted by an Italian family in the United States. Yes. And uh, then your dad is growing up with an Italian last name, Lusitana, and yes. gets married to a gal who is a white girl from the States. And right. so you have this kind of blending of all these cultures. And so you know something about the, the lines that divide, even as you've bridged all of them in your life growing up. And as your life has unfolded, you found yourself now in the ministry, the Christian ministry. You pastor a church. What's the name of the church? Life Builders Church of God. So the church you now pastor, this Life Builders Church, Tim, it wasn't always called that because it has a new name since you became the pastor. Is that right? That's, that's correct. And that name is born out of a unique journey that the congregation where you now lead actually is born of a marriage of two separate churches that yes. were quite different. Yes, so how did you get in this mix? You didn't actually start at this Life Builders place. You were at a different address. Yeah, I, actually, I started at a church called Rock Springs Church of God back in 97 as and a youth pastor. That's also in the Decatur area? Yes, it is. But kind of far removed, different part of town, different community than yes. where the church is now where you lead. Right. If you would say that uh, Rock Springs is probably the, the blue-collar church of Decatur, and there was another church, Peoples, they're probably more of the businessman, white collar. Not that everybody there was like that, right, but, but they kind of had those two stigmas. But kind of a shorthand for yes. for the character and personality. Every church has a personality. Right. And and that also tells me that they weren't necessarily uh, always hanging out together. They had their own groove and their own program, their own plans and histories. Most definitely. Matter of fact, it even goes deeper than that. Before they became Peoples and Rock Springs, somehow in the Decatur area, there was a church split. So we celebrate even the fact that we're bringing people together that they don't know why they split, <laughs> but they're for a reason they're, they're, they were on different sides of town, and we brought them together, which is exciting, too. And you started at the church called Rock Springs. Yes. And uh, then how did that merge into what was then the People's Church? I mean, what was the story of that? Well, I was a youth pastor in 97, but I became the, the lead pastor in uh, 2010, and I had been a youth pastor in other churches during that, from 97 to 2010. And then our church at Rock Springs started growing, and Peoples had been um, 
going declining some. And so the idea came, I felt like I was told from God to merge the two churches, but also from some outside sources thought that merging the two churches would be a good idea. That it would make sense. Most definitely. All right. And on paper, it might make sense because you've got a church that's growing and needs more room. Yes. You have a church that's maybe losing a few folk but has a much bigger building. Yes. How about if we bring these together and maximize the facility and maximize our resources and be one big happy family? That's the idea. Most definitely. And it... Peoples at that time didn't have a pastor, I should say, didn't have a permanent pastor. And um, we had all kinds of ministers, and, and me being a permanent pastor, it was it was a real easy groove, like you said, to, to fit. But it all looks so easy on paper, doesn't it? But when you actually <laughs> try and do something like that, yeah. the devil's in the details, as they say when we come back. I want to talk about some of the challenges that you faced helping these people come together. Whenever we have different histories and experiences, different journeys, it's hard sometimes to step out of that course to appreciate someone else's and even to the place where we might surrender some of our own history so we might make new history together with someone else. Anyone who gets married understands this because you live independently and then you merge your life with someone else and suddenly, well, maybe the Christmas routines are a little different than what I used to do. Or, you know, we go shopping a little differently or the dinner table is set differently. I mean, anytime people come together, even in something as elemental as marriage, we know we have to make some compromises. Now, multiply by several hundreds of people when you have two churches who have different traditions about Christmas and the dining table and what to wear on Easter and all of that. And that's what we're talking about today with Tim Lusitana, who is a pastor who pastored a church that merged into another, and now this is one family, but not so easy. No, it wasn't easy. What were some of the challenges you faced in bringing people together and making unity not something we just talk about, but actually practice? Big challenge was to, to decide where the location was going to be. Matter of fact, I would say the merge wasn't the challenge. Probably the location was... I would say the only really major challenge because I knew that if we went from to one location, I would lose some from the other location, no matter which way it went. Um, so the, vent, de- the debate about the address became a big deal. Yeah, and a smaller debate, not a debate, but we, we worked really hard to come up with a new name. That was, that was interesting. And, and also um, in a book that I read called Better Together, it talks about a successful merge. And it, it lets you know that if you have two churches that are dying— that might not be that come together may not be a successful merge because there's not really a philosophy of ministry that that has growth in it, but that there has to be a catalyst church. There has to be some sense of self-awareness, yes. honest and authentic, and not feel threatened by the reality. Well, you know, maybe I need some help here. That's tough. That is tough. And when you talk about the uh, debate about the address, again, on paper, it would seem to make so much sense that well, why don't we just move into the bigger building that has the most capacity that we don't have to reproduce somewhere else? Why would someone want to hold on to a smaller place that was more out of the way? Because they put nails and boards, because they poured concrete. It's a part of themselves. It's a part of themselves. And uh, harder to see the the larger purpose of of the merger or this coming together when so much sweat equity, as it were, has been put into a particular piece of ground or a building or a location. Yeah, I think you'd agree, too. Um, you got married in that place. You had you're baptized in that place. All those, you know, um, parties in the fellowship hall, you know, you got maybe saved at that place. So all of that 
the uh, history, brings nostalgia. The history know? loomed large over the future. Yes. So in the end, though, the uh, Rock Springs Church, which was really the catalyst in ministry, yes. moved into the building, the much larger building and better situated of what was in the People's Church, Yes. and became one family now called Life Builders. Yes. All right. Not an easy road, but having come this far, would you say that it's been a plus coming together over what it would have been if the two churches had been separated still? Yes, because we're better together.
two congregations, two communities of people, both professing the same ideology, the same theology. They have in common a sense of God, the calling of Christ in their lives. They profess to be all about unity and holiness. I mean, this is in the DNA of both groups, and yet they didn't find it necessarily easy to put that into practice when it meant they each had to leave something behind. One had to leave behind a history at an address, at a location. The other had to leave behind a sense of of a certain cachet of success and acknowledge that they could not go on as they were alone. And each had to surrender something and come together to create a new identity. The pastor, Tim Lusitana, has been leading them through that and now leads one new church called Life Builders. What have been some of the most exciting outcomes for the good consequent to the long journey to make these two people one? First of all, financially, you know, it's tough when we were trying to sell one building as we're moved into the other building. It becomes tough to try to maintain two buildings. But later on, the move that we made to the building that we are at now, we ended up having a call from Verizon Cellular to put up a tower. And now we're exponentially growing with that income every single year, which if we were at the other location, that would have never happened. That at least I, I'm Monday morning quarterbacking right now, but... <laughs> Yeah, I'm but, just saying that, but the Lord provided resources to both that otherwise would not have occurred. And then, and then another company hooked up with the tower to give us another income, and uh, uh, and unfortunately that company knocked over our overhang to where you can drive through. But that drive through needed to be redone anyways, and they paid for it. So, so, <laughs> you know, so kind of there have blessings. been some circumstances <laughs> around that everyone has been able to benefit from, yes. and working together as a single church. Is there a renewed sense of purpose and vision outreach? Yes. Of course, the church has been growing. We've been having, you know, salvations and baptisms and those types of things. And then just the relationships that are being built were central in the city. And we really have a a greater chance of making an impact on the city. But there was a tragedy in your church uh, community, which then drew even more uh, opportunity out of this sad story. Yes. a, A teenager who had been coming to the church. Her name is her name is Janisha. She um, was having a regular day. She came to church on Wednesday nights in the youth group, and she um, uh, was shot uh, going from her grandma's house to her, her aunt's house after school one day and uh, ended up uh, passing away. And that was a huge blow to us because she's a beautiful, beautiful young lady. A young and teen, she, a teenager. And she was a leader. She brought kids with her to church. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, as she before she even became a teenager, while she was coming to the Rock Springs location, she would write prayers to me on our prayer card, want me to pray for her family, want me to pray for her uh, friends to become saved and all that type of stuff. She recognized that and had that heart. And if there was a youth event... People didn't necessarily ask where they were going. They wanted to know if Janisha was going right, right. because she was, she was a leader. She was an anchor and an influencer, yes. and now she's lost her life tragically. Yes. And how did the community respond? Wow, in, in, in an amazing way. Um, I remember uh, when we had the funeral, the place was packed, you know, standing room only. And um, I, remember, I remember we had ordered like, you know, 200 pieces of chicken or something like that. And there was ended up being, we don't know where it came from, 500 pieces of chicken because there were people bringing in food that we didn't even know. One of the um, disc jockeys that's on the uh, ESPN radio, he had gotten married at our church, saw that I put on Facebook. I was putting a uh, Facebook post 
about bringing food for her funeral for my church people. He saw it, and he got like four or five businesses to bring food. And um, and we're talking about, you know, meatballs and and, and this pasta salad bowl. I'm a big guy, and I could jump into it and swim in it. I mean, just how they poured out to us. And, I mean, we served usually in a funeral, which I think you've done before, Pastor Jim. You know, usually if you have 100 people come to a funeral, maybe 30, 40 people come and eat. I mean, we had... We had over over 200 people. I mean, to, just to eat. So it was it was something that we had never experienced before. And and so we saw the community invest in our church. But also we talked about the merge earlier. For the first time, I didn't see Rock Springs or People's Church of God. I saw Life Builders. They rolled up their sleeves and knew what was important. This was a tragedy that was a headline in your city, and your church became the focal point of the city's grieving and yes. healing, and that also brought and cemented the two churches together as one family. Yes. Not only did triumph come in that way out of the tragedy, but also Janisha's mom and her mom's boyfriend were in the funeral home uh, trying to get all the uh, particulars taken care of, and the funeral home uh, ended up paying for the whole funeral, and I got to explain to them what grace was all about, and I got to lead the, the mom and the boyfriend to the Lord, and then I got to marry them about three months later. Um, it was just a small ceremony, just in the church. We, we just, we just did it up and made sure um, that they, um, that they made the vow. And um, in that conversation, while I was explaining grace to the parents and them accepting Jesus, the mom she, she told me that Janisha has a whole notebook of my sermons, and she showed it to me the next day. And in it, she's, she's highlighting my sermons word for word from my notes. Um, she's making comments on it. You know, she she came from a hard place. I was preaching one time on uh, on turning the other cheek, you know, and, and in a place you have to in the place that she comes from, you have to have survival skills. And in, in her note, it was so awesome because I knew that she was wrestling with her faith. She goes like the preacher's talking about turning the other cheek. If someone hits me in the face, I don't think I could not hit them back. I got to pray about this one. Yeah, and, but it was very real. Oh, it was so real. And it was so was, genuine. She and, was grapping with the truth and finding life there. Oh, it was awesome. And then I saw prayers for her friends again, prayers for them to have salvation. I mean, just just page after page. And I mean, um, it was when I did her funeral, I didn't preach. I opened up her book and read from her book. There's been an explosion of new life at Life Builders. <laughs> after the merger has been navigated and now you have one new church family. If there was someone listening to us today who was in a church, for instance, that was struggling, what would you say to them about the prospect of finding a partner with which to become one new ministry? Um, that's a, that is a great question, and I, I can only speak from my experience, so I don't pretend to have all the answers you know, in that. But um, I tried to, first of all, come from a philosophy of ministry that, that I call a soul food philosophy of ministry. Uh, soul food was invented during our slavery period in the United States to where uh, the slave only got the leftovers from the master's table. But they took the leftovers and they made something delicious out of it. And I think sometimes the first problem we, or I should say this, the first hole we dig ourselves in is if we begin comparing ourselves to what other churches have or what ministries they have. And I think the question you have to ask is, God, what talent did you give me? I'm not going to worry about what the guy that has five talents. I'm going to worry about the talent or two talents you gave me, and I'm going to do something with it because you have entrusted 
us with that. And so, God, we're going to make a delicious, delicious ministerial meal out of what you've given us because, because we have this, I call it a soul food type of ministry, because I was um, amazed by a guy who supposedly was a church growth expert, and he w- walks into my Rock Springs uh, facility, and he says, there's no way that a church could grow out of here. And I'm just like, well, then how did this happen? And of course, God. And you, I, and one, you know what's funny? As I walked in that building, I never, that never crossed my mind. That could not do ministry here. The, what crossed my mind is, okay, we got something here. Let's do something with it. It's not about what I don't have. It's what I do have. It's what I do have. But do you think there's a future in this idea of merging churches together and, and exponentially ramping up what a church could do that it could never do by itself? Most definitely. And it, um, it's this idea that a lot of times when we think about a merge, we think about one plus one equals two. But really, when you merge, you 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 um, you begin to ramp it up exponentially, and it becomes it becomes two times two times two times two. When you see that you bring all these resources together, Tim, I know as you've led the, these two churches together to become one, there's a passage in the Old Testament, a story that has been very impactful for you that that has taught you something about how you work together, and it's a story of moving the Ark of the Covenant to a place, and David is the king, and he's managing this move of this sacred vessel. And in 2 Samuel chapter 8, verse 16, we read this, But as the ark of the Lord entered the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked down from her window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she was filled with contempt for him. Now, this is her husband. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the special tent David had prepared for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. And this concept of this celebration of the ark's return and David's response and these sacrifices, these different kinds of sacrifices, have spoken to you about bringing people together. How does that work? Well, especially being part of a, a, a traditional sense of view in the, church, in the church that I belong to and then merging the two churches that have their own traditions, it speaks volumes to me because David was able to operate not only in, in, a, in an emotional way, but a traditional way too. The emotional way being that he took off his robes and he danced in his linen ephod and then the traditional way to where he made fellowship offerings and also uh, burn offerings. And from my understanding, the peace offering or the fellowship offering is where uh, you had a beast and uh, the, the priest would get a piece of it, you would get a piece of it, and God would get a piece of it. And this is the amazing thing about the burn offering is it meant that the whole thing was burnt to a crisp and God got it all. So you didn't get to partake in any of that, which is a, you know, a true sacrifice in that sense. But in this sense, David knew how to blend Uh, for different audiences, the same truth of honoring God. Most definitely. And so in this magnificent moment of the ark moving, and this is a very significant minute in the history of God's people in that day, David is leading, and he's leading different people together by speaking their own language to each of them. One by the dance, the other by the offering. Is that... Is that how you see it? Yeah, and then you have Michael here who sees David acting in a way that should not be a She like disapproves. A king because her own father was the king, and now she's married to David. And um, we, you know, we have a saying, um, and it might be a little bit dated now, but that, that she was hating on David. And, and, and what I think Michael missed it because later on, David rebukes her and talks about, I'll become more undignified than this. But she, she missed the God moment that was going on and, and she chose to hate what's going on rather than to collaborate with what was going on. And I think the key to a church merge is not to look at people who are different than you and hate on the way that they're doing things, but learning how to collaborate 
with what's going on. So, Tim, as you have learned to help people collaborate, thank you so much for sharing your story. And for everyone who's listening, we just want you to know that people are different and we all have our own stories, but there is a way to bring them together to appreciate the different threads that bring us together into one new fabric. And when that happens, our fabric is stronger and our opportunities are greater. And if two churches can do that, you can do that in your house or with your neighbors. Wherever we are, God is calling us to dwell together in unity. That's a very important idea. Division often breeds trouble. Unity brings peace. Wherever you are in life today, maybe there's something in the story you've just heard that speaks about how you can be an instrument to bring people together in your world. And especially today, if you're in a church that's struggling, think about how your church might advance by coming together with other believers, not necessarily playing the game by yourself. There's so much here. Would you take a chance, bow your head and and pray with us. Take a deep breath and see what God might say. Our Father, we're so thankful today that you have come into this world in the person of your Son, that we might in him find unity, that in Christ there's neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female, slave nor free, that you bring people together. And we pray, Lord, that even as we are in our local churches, that we might work more intentionally to work together side by side to become one, to see that our separateness is not our strength so much as our unity can be. Thank you for the story of the Life Builders Church in Illinois. May that be replicated in many places where chapters close and new ones open as we come together in unity. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Children, you are hopeful justice. Stand firm in the truth now. Set your hearts above. You will be reaching long after we're gone. And they will know you by your love. The time is now. Come church If you'd like to know more about how you can build bridges to others and how you can find in Christ a way to bring people together, give us a call. Just dial this number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. Check us out online at cbhviewpoint.org. You can read about the ministry there. You can send us an email. We will reply. Or at the last, send me a letter by post. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you call us up, check us out online, or use the Postal Service, 
Let us hear from you this week. Tim, thanks for standing steady through a long journey to bring people together, and I know Decatur, Illinois, is the better for it. Thanks for being with us. Man, I had a great time. Thank you for letting me be here. And we thank you for tuning in. We want you to know that wherever you live, you have a chance in Christ to bring God's people together. Give it a try. Think for all of us at the Viewpoint Ministry team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.